Hey guys, so welcome to the second episode. Um, I'm just, yeah, having a bit of a reflection. So these are collections from the week and um, they'll be playing on, I'll be recording essentially on Sunday for it to be released on the Monday. So um, check the Spotify link so you can find it. If you just type in my name, that's Laura Dahao, L-A-U-R-A. D-A-J-A-O. I believe I should come up and they'll be my podcast. And you'll also find the Finding My Strength song, which is a song I wrote with um, JK, um, Junior Williams and Simon Kuznirek. Um, an amazing collaboration, which uh, to this day I am so grateful for. I am just, I mean, <laughs> I think there's such beauty in wanting to collaborate. And there's such beauty in finding art in just the ordinary. I'm, I'm at Junior at work. Uh, we work at Rich Mix and uh, Rich Mix in Shoreditch. And um, I sort of got to talking to him and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a singer. I was like, oh, I'm a dancer. And I was like, yeah, maybe we should collaborate. And, um, you know, we, we collaborated a couple of times and it's really great. And we, uh, yeah, so... I, for, so the first collaboration was one for one of his songs. So we took his track, Sweet Sunrise, and I, I incorporated, or I, I asked a fellow arts person, <laughs> I guess, um, within Access, actually, and this is something that I want to speak about more. But, um, yeah, so she's a, a signer, a BSL sign language interpreter, and I asked her about signing the lyrics because I was very interested in seeing, because for me, sign... Sign language is like a dance with your hands. So for me, I loved learning, and I, I still love learning, and I continue to learn. So back then, this was 2013, and I asked her to just sign some of the lyrics, or no, sign the whole song, actually, and see what I could use in terms of wanting to involve everybody in that performance. And what was beautiful about this performance is that I set it in the round. So it was at Sadler's Wells. Lillian Bayless and it was called it was it's an it was a wild card so for anybody who doesn't know what a wild card is um in terms of Sadler's Wells because wild card just generally just means sort of a one-off kind of thing or a I don't know I suppose a a chance performance or a chance thing that you can be picked or whatever so I was actually just asked to see if I could um curate a wild card night and it was uh, the opportunity to curate a program and really use the space, Sadler's Wells, the Lillian Baylor space, to see what you could do with it as an artist. And for me, I was, I, you know, I was a fresh newbie and had no idea. And I was someone, Jane Hackett, was vouching for me. She was the learning and development coordinator at Sadler's at the time. And she was vouching for me and said, OK, yeah, I mean, I, I think you'd be great at this. So for me, I mean, I say newly diagnosed, maybe it was about five years. So I'd just become freelance and I had wanted to do a massive thing. And I mean, it still exists today. I mean, I want to give back. And so what I did was that I, I based the performances or I curated um, around the subject of MS or the subject of um, loss or something like this. And, you know, I had a, a solo called Marionette, which um, my very first solo, which was a solo that sort of took the narrative 
of, you know, having, discovering that I had MS, what that meant in terms of what it looked like or what it felt like emotionally, and then physically what could actually be or, you know, accepting what had happened to me. So that whole transition and the whole marionette story is a, a Civil War song, which is amazing. It's, it's a beautiful song and they're an amazing duo. So the Civil Wars, marionette, based on the lyrics, based on the timing, and trying to involve all the things that I really enjoy about music and dance and musicality, the sort of popping, locking, and also sort of jerky movements that I feel really sort of coincided or really represented the MS that I had at the time. So, I mean, I still suffer from spasms um, now and then, I say now and then every day, but um, yeah, so that was really cool. So that was something that was involved, that, that was one of the pieces that was part of the program, but I was able to sort of curate, I was able to produce, I guess, I think this was a crazy one, um, that this whole wildcard night was something that was my baby, in a way, so, I mean, when we get so possessive of things, or we don't trust anyone to be able to help us, you tend to take it all on, and it's like, that's not great, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a great night, I sold out, quite last minute, I sold out my whole my Filipino family, friends, and my mom my telling all of her friends to come watch. It was great. And we did sell out. And as being in the round, we had less seats, and it was great. But, um, yeah, I think there is something about self-care that we need to think about, because I, I really didn't. I think I was pushing that whole year. I was doing a project called Stuck in the Mud uh, with Ballet Comrie and Mark Brew, director, and sort of... Um, Chisato Minamura, she was the sort of, I suppose, the lead on the professional cast, and I was the lead on the community outreach. So I was traveling up and down the country for, I say up and down the country, sort of to the Cotswolds and down to Wales and all everywhere in between. And for a whole year, at the same time, I was doing my wildcard. So I was curating, and this was a crazy one. I think I was performing in four of the seven pieces of that night I had made a film um, I had collaborated with a friend to um, to make a film called The Drive which took place well which sort of followed me from my from my apartment to Sadler's Wells and literally it was just the, the journey the drive to get there and you know driving is something that's very you know liberating for me as a as a wheelchair user being able to get around is the best thing it's you know the whole thing I feel like I've diverged. Anyway, so I was talking about the collaboration with Junior and the Finding My Strength song, and it's great. Um, just I was talking about collaboration, actually. I was talking about Junior and how, you know, I feel so blessed that he is still my friend <laughs> and that we, um, you know, we, we work, we have worked together, and he's such a beautiful soul. And when you find people like that, it's just... It's just really lovely to be able to know that people like that exist and they really, you know, contribute to your sort of health, well-being in the sense of just being in the universe and knowing that people like that exist, humble, talented, incredibly selfless and, you know, just wanting to just to be around and be there for their friends and 
and th by the way, this guy is super, super talented. And I mean, I'm probably, I wouldn't say he's like, his biggest fan, but you know, I'm pretty up there because you know, he's yeah. And like just all the things that I've mentioned, this for me is what makes the perfect artist. Oh, I don't know, that's a bit <laughs> controversial, but for me personally, I just think you need to have that combination of sort of humility, talent, and sort of, I suppose, ego. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all the balance, you know, it's that kind of yin and yang of what you need to be able to have in order to project, in order to gain. So I think there's, there's balance in everything, and I think so often as artists we tend to push so much and then we're selfish in that kind of way you know we like we want what we want we want to get to that place we have our goals we have our expectations and actually we forget about people we step on people and we try and get over we try and use those ladders to get above and higher and higher and we forget about people and I mentioned um, in my previous blog about artists, supporting artists. And so, major plug here. Um, to uh, preface the whole artist supporting artists thing, I wanted to, I wanted to support artists and have let them have a platform. So two years ago, I, yeah, I, I mentioned this in my last blog. I, I did an event and it was called Finding My Strength Christmas Fundraiser. And essentially what I did is that I offered a platform to all the people who, okay, so actually two preface. I work at Rich Mix Cultural Foundation, which is uh, an art space, and it's um, uh, a rich mix of people. And what happens is that, you know, lots of artists sort of tend to work there because it's a great space and then you know you get some perks if you you know that kind of thing and it's just a nice space a really sort of great place with great events and great people and you yeah you just for me I feel really fulfilled working there and not that that's sucking up to my to my job or to whatever but actually the reason I wanted to work there um, I actually wanted to use the space for a different job, but then ended up working there on the weekends, and I really loved it, just because it's um, a cinema, it's an art space, there's music, drama, theatre, dance, um, live concerts, and all of this sort of stuff, and I love it. And basically, a lot of the people who work on front of house, and even in the office, are artists so they they belly dance they sing they dance they they are photographers they you know they 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 are there is a reason why they got attracted to rich mix because of all of that so what I wanted to do and what I've been wanting to do for ever since I got there <laughs> was to provide a platform for the staff or whoever was in or wanted to perform to perform and to have that space to do that and at the same time you know in keeping with sort of the my ethos and my I suppose just the the essence of what my company represents Lorody Dances is to give back to the MS Society and to just yeah so all the proceeds went to the MS Society so and I I, I, I so I went not crazy but I did it all by myself essentially um 
in terms of like organizing it and trying and obviously I got help and I got advice from different people but essentially I was literally I organized it I curated I performed in it a little bit so this is quite reminiscent of what I did for wildcard but I wasn't so involved in the performance side and when I did perform it was sort of you know easy because I wasn't creating it from scratch as it were there was someone else helping with choreography and I worked with Step Change Dance and Rashmi Becker to um, perform some ballroom numbers and um, yeah it's quite fun and it's very strictly type stuff and then you know involving people like Junior to perform the song Finding My Strength song and um, yeah, that was a whole reason for doing it. So collating these artists to perform as a kind of a launch party for the for the track so that it went on general release on that day. So it's now available on plug, by the way. Um it's it's now available on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google, Shazam, Spotify, and because of where it comes from or where it's going so basically all the proceeds go to the MS Society and I realize which again I might have said that you know we in the age of technology we tend to stream stuff so we stream on Spotify we sign up and subscribe but that actually doesn't contribute to the so the money that you pay for your subscription doesn't go to the track or to the MS Society so it is one of those things where you have to individually buy the track and to be fair I would love to to you know to promote it and to get it out there so if you do download it or if you do listen to it please do share hashtag finding my strength song and tag me in it Laura D dances or um at Laura D fundraising and yeah just holler and just let me know what you think um, Junior is an amazing talent and he's up and coming these days. I just saw a post on Facebook and he's, he's open mic night where he started out actually. He, um, he's organized one of those things. So he's organized one of those events and it sold out apparently. So amazing. And I'm so happy for him because he is such a talent. And like I said, he's, I'm probably one of his biggest fans and to be out there now to be signed to be making music for a living to be on you know bbc radio oh my goodness what is it bbc radio i don't know but it, he was definitely um on the playlist as an artist to watch my gosh guys junior williams so if you look him up online i'm not sure if the website you could probably google him so jnr junior and then williams and then his face should come up he's a really handsome black guy and yeah he's pretty hot and uh yeah if he doesn't know it already dude man you're hot anyway so um going back to the finding my strength christmas fundraiser so i did this and all the proceeds went to the MS Society. I pulled in all my contacts. You know, I got Mr. Impact himself, Hakeem Manibudo, to help me host. Um, Rashmi gave me a, a contact with the MS Society. And he came down and spoke a little bit to sort of introduce the event. And <laughs> as always, my parents, my mum, 
is my biggest fan so she bought her whole filipino posse and literally it was hilarious basically they um they came along and it was a standing event because what i wanted to do is i wanted to manipulate the space so i set out like a dance space so when the dance acts happen everybody goes around the lines and they sit or they stand and then the standing event because it's a music event you want to sort of get the crowd hype so you know you just um you you make everything close and everybody pushes up to the stage so <laughs> my mom and my parents are 60 plus so uh, when they come out at night for an evening performance um we got a lot of stick for there being no chairs <laughs> so bless my managers at rich mix and they were just like running around trying to get a bunch of chairs so on one side of this on one side of the space there were like a whole bunch of chairs. sorry guys uh, for some reason that segment cut short but uh yeah it's like i was saying uh the <laughs> The, um, my managers, bless them, they were running around trying to get chairs for everyone, so they would sit down. So on one side of the whole space were all my aunties and uncles and all my mom's friends who had come along to support me. And, you know, massive, massive props to them for buying tickets. And the tickets weren't, like, super expensive. They were £8 for a standard ticket. And, um, yeah, so basically what I've done is that I'd want the legacy to continue and I want people to continue to donate to the MS Society. So in trying to do this, what I've done is that I got a friend to film the whole thing, to the whole event. So it's actually online, but there's a catch. So my what I want is for people to donate through to the MS Society. And the way you view the footage is that you log into my website with a password, and then you'll be able to see all the footage. And to do this, you go to my website, it's um yeah so laura dahow um dot com forward slash finding dash my dash strength dash song i think <laughs> something like that but basically finding my strength song page and what you can do is that you can view you can have a read of everything that happened and then there is a part where it shows you how you can actually view it which means so what it entails is that you go to, you donate to the MS Society and then what you do is that you, you leave your, you, you, bleh, okay, bleh. anyway, <laughs> so you, you donate and you make your donation visible so I can see your email address so that when I see that, when I see that you've donated, I will receive the email to say that you've donated and then I will email you the password so you can view the footage because i wasn't sure this is the this is sort of the roundabout way that i wanted to stream as it were um the event but i didn't want to sort of have it disappear in like i don't know an hour or something like this so yeah this is sort of the longevity of the event the legacy of what i'm trying to do and i would love for it to continue and to be able to do it again and obviously with a lot more help, delegation, all that jazz. But yeah, so yeah, I think there's, this is a major plug for actually watching the show. And it means that you, you know, you donate to the MS Society and you see these artists for what they are, i.e. super talented. So we had people like Glass Sands, they were kind of like an indie rock band. And we had Ify. Ify is an amazing R&B soul singer. And um, she's now sort of, 
a manager or like a private hires manager at Rich Mix, but she's also gigging, performing, and such an amazing voice and just presence on stage. I mean, I swear, I swear, I gave her ten minutes, and she's lovely. And when she couldn't hear me say no, she carried on, and I was like, yo. So she went on for another twenty minutes to half an hour, and I was like, oh no. But it was fine because the crowd wanted it and they loved it, and we 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 rolled with it. And Hakeem was like, "Yo, uh, we're gonna have to like skip through, like really skip through the the program." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, no breaks, let's go." So you know, it was a jam-packed evening of just super talented people doing their thing and just giving. And I spoke about you know wanting to give and to be you know using our talents and. Collaborating with people, and this is what I try to do, and this is what I want to do with my artistic sort of license, I guess. Or I don't—I suppose I'm using that in the wrong context. But um, what I want to do is to be able to collaborate with people, even if it's not making work, but it's you know contributing to something like an event or um, going making money for a cause, or you know even all this kind of stuff. So. What I want to do, in keeping with this, is that I would like to do something, um, which is a bit out of my, I suppose not out of my remit, but just as a dancer, it's something different that I think my whole life I've been the listener. I've been someone who can, you know, I take on a lot of stuff, and I'm happy to listen to you and get you through stuff, and want to be able to offer, you know, an, an ear. And so, what I'd like to do. There's um, a post that's going around. I've been tagged in it, and it's be immersive, be immersive, one hundred, and I think it's a hundred artists that raise a hundred pounds at least. So, and it's a challenge. So, as a dancer, I don't have. I mean, like at the moment, I'm not sort of offering dance services. However, I am offering my ear. And what I mean, I with my my brand, my line of Laura D does stuff. Um, my hashtags will tend to be Laura D dances, Laura D talks. This um, this podcast, and the next one I want to introduce is Laura D listens. And um, what it is is that I'm going to offer my services, and it'll be half an hour sessions for. A suggested donation of ten pounds, and then whatever you think the session is worth. I offer hugs, and I will offer one piece of free merchandise. And it will be—it won't be a T-shirt or a hoodie. It'll be like a wristband or a canister of bubbles, uh, this kind of stuff. So, yeah, and so it'll be ten pounds minimum just to help me pay for space. I mean, suggested, you know, suggested fifteen pounds. But you know, ten pound minimum, and it'll just be me and you, real talk. Me and you, no, no one else in the space, but just me and you. And you can, you can let loose. You can have a rant. You can tell me stuff, and I, and it's completely confidential. And to be fair, I'm not a counselor, but I am interested in it. I'm interested in CBT. I'm interested in therapy. And for a long time, I've. I've done this without knowing. Actually, someone pointed it out to me, and they're like, "Oh, you you give yourself, you you listen to people, you take on people's problems," and I 
when I got diagnosed with MS, I started to really reflect and I, I imagined the things that I was doing and I will actually, I'll divulge more at a later date for what actually happened and things like this. But long story short, I feel like I was taking on the world's problems. I know that's really dramatic and drastic to say, but the people who know me and the situation that happened, and uh, again, I'll divulge later on, you know, that was quite, mm. mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. So basically, I think I, I, I feel like I have some experience in listening and in being receptive to listening and not to not interjecting too much about sort of my thoughts because what's important is that I listen to you and how you're listening to me right now you know I, I am, I'm there as a sounding board and the service I want to offer is Laura D listens so that half an hour you can book however many slots you want but um half an hour is a minimum and that suggested half an hour no no so the the half an hour there's a suggested 10 pounds 10 to 15 pounds donation and the donation actually covers a lot of things so um as part of the be immersive services as a dancer and all this kind of stuff it's um it'll be in keeping with my sort of um my ethos again donating to the ms society so It'll be sitting, it's kind of like a triple whammy fundraising thing. So essentially, Laura D. Listens is a triple whammy fundraising cause. So 25% goes to the MS Society as a standard for Laura D. Dance's brand. And then 25% comes to me as an artist, so supporting what I do, but also paying for space and things like this. So, I mean, um, yeah, there's... I've, yet to decide where it's going to be but I will keep you posted and also the yeah so then 50% will go to the be immersive um campaign raising money for um arts within Sierra Leone and Andre Brett caramel soldier these soldiers are doing an a heart immersive uh, event so if you see it around try the heart technique it's awesome i in my last in my last post in my last podcast i spoke about how heart is amazing and if you have the heart you should so i won't divulge too much again into what heart is because if you are interested you can have a listen back and it's actually labeled heart and um so yeah so this is this is the brand and this is what i'm wanting to do with um my time when whilst I'm in my my healing process and I think I mentioned in my last podcast that I the reason I'm doing this podcast is just to sort of get out there again and and I'm I'm getting back into dance but it's going to take a while and I need to really look at that and really evaluate what self-care is I saw a post from um and uh, Luca Lazy Legs shared it recently and I saw it I was like yes and it's basically the 12 points of self-care and you know it listed things like you know you I don't know don't let drama get to you love um you know all these kind of things that you just you forget to do and it's just like breathing we forget to breathe we forget to look after ourselves we forget to do that and 
self-care is a, a is a big one for me and it's it contributed the lack of it contributed to how I think where I am today and whilst that's I, depending on where which which view you're looking from me as a dancer that's a positive thing you know my personal health that's something completely different and I will divulge again um again I'll divulge more information about all of that jazz but um yeah just as a as a short one yeah this is the end of this segment hey guys so this so yeah so this is a segment about self-care something that I don't do very well just because I'll tell you this just today has been a mad one I don't think I even I didn't know I said thinking to myself basically I don't think I have eaten today and the time now is 4 15 in the afternoon so madness I must have just woken up packed up my stuff and went and then haven't literally just been on the go since so this morning I went um I had an appointment oh an appointment someone came to the house and they were supposed to do their thing and I was like okay I need they're gonna do something with a piece of equipment that I have that's fine I'm just gonna have a shower cool all this happened and then I was just like crap I'm late for my next thing so off I go rushing to put together some sort of ad hoc um interim you know makeshift lunch which was basically a bunch of fruit crisps chocolate and a lot of fruit don't get me don't get twisted I am trying to be healthy but just the easy stuff that's packaged and ready to go so yeah I did that and it's all in the bag packed it all up and of course had to take my um Laura D dances match and stuff just because just because I take it everywhere with me now just in case because I mean plug insert plug here um I tend to give away wristbands and I think I limit myself to two gratis so if you follow me on social media my Laura D fundraising page I'll tend to post pictures of people I've given the wristbands to and they're repping 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 with a g not with a n apostrophe but repping the lordy dancers brand and just repping the wristbands so i give two out gratis free a day but that's cool because i have loads of them anyway so i wanted to pack all my stuff bring it with me because i was going to be out the whole day it's um it's an amazing day actually because I got to go cycling and if anyone's been on my Facebook or anything, anybody who knows me, um, I, I love to be active and one thing I miss about being a standing person or someone who can use their legs is cycling and when I first got diagnosed I got a recumbent bike which is for anyone who doesn't know, it's where you sit down and you use your legs and you, you're sat down on a seat and then you're using your legs to pedal. And I did that for a whole year back in 2017 and, sorry, 2007. And was, you know, luckily and quite fortunately given a grant via the MS Society and via my local branch, Newham and Tower Hamlets. 
and they they gave me the money to be able to buy this as recommended by my physiotherapist at the time greg condon i believe i wonder where he is now hashtag get in touch if you're listening anyway um so yeah i went cycling today and it was amazing and it's been a month this is my fourth week so i've been there been going there for a month once a week every thursday and it's getting easier and easier and i love how it's feeling you know because at first you're like oh my gosh what is this nonsense and the first two weeks within the first yeah the second session i had i um i mash up my hand so basically i was going up this massive hill on a really high gear and like an idiot I was powering through, so halfway up the hill, I was like, oh my gosh, I really can't do this anymore. So I let go, and where it's a hand cycle, the the pedals, or, you know, the, the thing that I'm using to propel myself is a hand cycle that obviously goes round and round, and when I was pushing it, I couldn't push it any longer, so like pedals of a bike or anything like that, if you let go, it'll come back on itself. So because I was halfway up the hill on a really high gear, I really couldn't control it. So this thing was coming back at me. I was like, yo, trying to fight it off, like kind of like a banshee, just like, ah, and literally just like knocked my hand. So my index finger got mash up. So to this day, it's been two weeks and I, well, it's been more than two weeks, but, um, I started, I used that, um, ah, volatrol i think it's for sort of sprains and stuff like this but that my um my doctor friend adonna francis hashtag love you girl um so she recommended this gel this cream to help soothe it and it's getting better but every now and again i feel that twinge so i bend it backwards it's not supposed to go that way but just to stretch it bent it backwards and i was like ah so yeah basically I'm still nursing a um, bruised ego and bruised finger, but actually my ego is relatively okay. I think, you know, it's been boosted by the fact that I've done it for two more weeks and I'm getting more confident with the cycling thing. And now, oh my gosh, it's just such a nice feeling to be able to speed down a hill than to the achievement of actually getting up a hill. I was like, yo, so this map, this is the Velo Park in Stratford City, London, and, you know, the whole course is up, like, hills and flat surfaces, and it's basically a whole mile going around the whole course, which sort of includes sort of inclines, declines, hills, and dips, and what have you. So if you do the course right, you can ride those ups and downs, and it will get you through the course a little easier. So four weeks in now, and I'm getting the hang of it. So, yeah, today was a good day. And then the people are amazing. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I've met some really awesome people and some some guys who are just really humble and then just really lovely, you know? You know when you talk to guys or talk to people, guys, people, chicks, whatever, um, you talk to people and you just feel a sense of calm and there's no ego involved. It's just some people are just like oh yeah okay this is what i do and i've been doing this for ages and you're just like what oh yeah i just you know i swim in open water and then i do triathlons and achieve medals that kind of thing i'm like what dude that's awesome so 
there are a couple of these guys that have done amazing things and a guy that I met today who is like you know he's training to be professional athlete which again is wow I mean I'm a dancer and I you know I do some I've done some training but nowhere near as intense as to you know go full on sort of training every single day and I was speaking to some some dancers or some people that I've known for years and they talk about their training and I'm like what and it's only because I, I didn't go through that I think where I discovered my disability and my limitations <laughs> not that I listen to my body that'll be in another segment um but yeah the the intensity of the training that is required to be the best that you can be. I mean, that sounds silly because that's obviously, that's what's needed. You need to do stuff, but you just hear it and you're like, what? Six hours a day training. You gotta do ballet technique. You gotta do stretches, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. You've gotta go, you know, around the same track 20 times so you can do till 20K. Jeez. So I'm a bit like, yo, that is dedication. Dedication. So I was like, wow, okay, cool. And it's it's just humbling to see these guys who are just enjoying life and focusing on what they want and what they want to be doing and not bogged down by, I mean, to be fair, I, I met these people like once or twice and it's been, I don't even spend that much time with them, so I don't know the ins and outs of their life. But from first impressions, you can always glean so much from first impressions. So first impressions for me, you know, these guys are awesome and they're humble. And that's what I love about people. I mean, the people that I'm most attracted to, just like generally, not just like, you know, as a, as a mundane thing, but just people who I think are beautiful souls are those who are humble, those who are talented, and those who can really just give their time and energy to someone else. And they're just, their willingness to do that, whether it's through their art, through their time, through their relationships with people, but that they, they give that. And it's just, it's beautiful to watch and it's beautiful to receive. It's beautiful to be a part of. So I'm, yeah, the cycling group is awesome. And the, the things that some of these guys can do, yo, like, you know, jumping in and out of their chair to get into a, a bike that is quite low down to the ground. So it's a hand cycle. So you sit down on a seat and then there's the the um, pedals, as it were, or the, you know, the hand cycle bit that act as pedals for your hands. And they're just jumping in and out of their chair like it's nothing. I'm like, yo, I require people to lift me. Not that I'm lazy. Don't get it twisted. I'm not lazy. It's just that I don't have the strength right now. And it is something I want to aim for. So don't watch that. And don't hold it against me, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, cycling, awesome. So that's one part of my day. And so being at the Velo Park, there's this amazing space in the middle of nowhere. You know, Stratford City and Westfield and all these shopping centre bits, they're cool. But, you know, you come away from it just literally 10 minutes outside, 10 minutes away from the station, 10 minute walk from the station, like in Stratford International. And it's... It's not derelict or deserted, it's just quiet. And you know what, I, I wanted to, you know, I spoke in my last segment about Laura D Talks and wanting to have sessions 
with people half an hour sessions here where you you know I'm not a trained professional but I have a sympathetic ear so I'd love to listen to I mean I'd want to give you the space to speak and I can be a sounding board for you so I'm, I'm looking now at venues to be able to go to and yeah to use for this particular service and a service yeah I mean but it's just wanting just wanting to be that sounding board for someone or people just so that they have an outlet or people have an outlet because so often in life we're just like we're just rushing aren't we we're just rushing through life we're working to the bone we're doing this we're doing that we can't stop think and reflect and sometimes maybe that's not a good thing I remember doing that and being in a really dark place and looking back thinking too much reflecting on all the bad things so you know sometimes it can go either way you know it's a flip side to every coin right but I think it's just necessary I mean people talk about therapy and everybody has their sort of stigmas against what it is and especially the generation before us there's a um, there's a stigma or there's this sort of I don't know angst or worry or you know this whole idea of being socially shunned if you have therapy and I always remember Sopranos like Tony Soprano if you ever watch it Tony Soprano sees a therapist in secret and then when it gets out everybody sort of doubts his ability as the you know as the head of the mafia as the head of the of the Soprano clan and it is interesting because you know I mean I learned a lot of things not that TV is the most the best education for anything but it's true to a certain extent that if you if you are providing a service so like I want to do with Laura D Talks I want to provide that service for others I need to see someone so that I can offload type of thing yeah that's all in place and um I think I would I I used to do it for free all the time just listen to people let them talk and that's great but to be fair that's not always fair because not that like I was counting the minutes or anything like that but it did have its toll you know and you know I think it led to or like was part of the reason why I you know I developed MS and I feel like maybe it wasn't a direct thing but it did cause me not cause me stress but it made me you know it was stressful to to, you know to be hearing these things but not being able to do anything about them worrying about them and not being able to sort of offload to anyone so rest assured Laurie talks is all catered for I'm getting support and anybody who wants to book a session do book and that's going to be great I mean I'm still trying to sort it all out and hopefully by the end of this podcast I mean this podcast is taking place over the whole week so um by the end of this podcast um I'm hoping that Laura D Talks will be in place ah that's a goal and a half isn't it so basically I'm hoping I'm hoping I've been hoping that by the 14th of October at the latest I will start my Laura D Talks sessions and anybody who wants to book there will be an Eventbrite um link on my page 
where you can book your session. And like I said, it's going to be, like I said before in a different segment, £10 minimum, suggested £15 donation, and whatever you think the session is worth. Whatever you think my time is worth for you and how I've made you feel. Because it's not about just me, it's about you. It's about how I can help you feel better about yourself. And um, not even about, you know, I'm not trying to big you up or anything like that, but I just want to give you a place of respite to really offload and just to, you know, if you're tense and wound up, if I've managed to release and let you relax, like your shoulders are not at your ears, but they're slightly further down where your shoulders should be, then I'm happy and that's what you pay for. And, you know, obviously that time, that money, that amount there's no amount that is specific obviously I could be like yeah I want 100 pounds but I'm not doing that because it's about you what you can afford and also what you think your session is worth with me and even if you just want to book in a slot because I know that I'm I feel like I'm super busy and I haven't been able to see see people so even if you just want to come and chat even if you just want to come chill with me for half an hour I will sort of charge you but just know that this money that is um i'm raising is actually threefold it's a triple whammy so 25 percent goes to the ms society standard thing for the lordy dancers brand and then 25 percent will come to you funding me as an artist but also going to the cost of sort of the space and the hire and where we are at and then the other 50 percent is going to the be immersive 100 hashtag 100 sort of campaign which is raising money for the arts in Sierra Leone and I yeah I mean these things are really important to me because the arts are important for you know there are so many reasons but just as it's been the arts have been an incredible an incredible therapy for me but also just fulfilling something within me that needed to come out you know I mean I have always been person in the background and when I was in year 10 someone my head of year told me oh you'll be amazing organizer and you're doing great blah 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 I used to organize sort of liturgy assemblies I don't know if you went to catholic schools but you know the things that the prayers in the morning and stuff where you have to get your class to do you know to do prayers and every class gets a turn Hashtag Sacred Heart of Mary. <clears throat> so, all of that kind of stuff. So, I think being of that nature is cool. And I think it's really shaped me in terms of my administrative um, sort of, I suppose, skill set. But then also, the arts have really brought out the performer in me and boosted my confidence and has done so much for my. I suppose personality throughout the years just being like actually okay so I'm a bit more okay with people so I can actually interact with people I can actually sort of have banter I can you know we can chill and I can you know make conversation ironically this is with like an arts crowd or just to the random Joe but not to anyone with close relationships I think I <laughs> I have a thing about not dating anyone who I've worked with or 
not dating anyone who is associated to work or dance just because I don't want to ruin the relationship and I don't want to feel awkward when I go back to work or dance and so this puts me in a fearful weird position because all I do is work and dance so anybody I do meet is going to be through work and dance so this is interesting so I don't know I'm not like I'm not shouting out for a man I'm really I don't need a man to be happy but it would be nice (laughs) and I was talking to someone today and it's like yeah you do need that human connection and you do need to you know to be with someone if you want to be and I think I'm I've been pretty self-sufficient in my life in terms of you know I have a goal I want to achieve it and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna achieve it this 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 and whatever and ironically that hasn't been none of those goals have been relationship orientated so it's it's just an interesting thing so I'm not hollering out to anyone well maybe I am but um yeah just holler at me and um yeah you can get in touch via Laura D Dancers, via Instagram and Facebook, via the professional page. Uh, my personal Facebook um, account is L-A-U-R-A-D, which is Laura D, and then half of my surname, which is Ahau. So Laura D, space, A-J-A-O. So holler at me. And uh, yeah, just get in touch. So, I mean, this is not just for guys. It's not just for the man They're like, you know, I'm always, I'm up for meeting new people. And I'm always up for just, yeah, I suppose human connection is really important. And we lose sight of that when we're focusing on work, we're focusing on, who knows, everything. Focusing on work, focusing on our dreams, our goals. So we tend to forget about other people and even if we don't we're just like you know really just like split second hey how you doing okay bye I need to go somewhere else you know we're never still enough to be like actually I wanna (laughs) I wanna connect with you it sounds really weird but do you know what I mean I want to just spend some time I just want to jam and just be like hey let's do this I want to get to know you for you And not because of what you do or because of who you are or because of what you look like. Just because I want to get to know you as a person. And I feel like sometimes we, social media, Tinder, all that kind of stuff, all based on looks, you know. People start talking to you because of the way you look or what you do. You know, it's all very superficial. I mean, it's, I don't know what dating is or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I I don't date. And I just think it's interesting, really. I mean, I've 31 years on this earth and I don't really think I've dated anyone. I've had boyfriends, but not dated someone long enough to get to know them in a way that, you know, works for me. I've always been so, I've always been too giving or like too forward or too attracted or always, do you know what I mean? So it's always been one-sided or I felt that. You know, I was doing everything for that person, but they weren't 
reciprocating, not doing enough, but not reflecting how much I was doing. So therefore it felt like a disappointment or that it didn't work because there was no balance. And yeah, I mean, this is not, I promise you, this is not a holler for a man or anyone to sort of just start talking to me because I want to be in a relationship. But, you know, real deal, hashtag real talk. It's just about real talk and reflections of life. So this is me ending this segment and yeah, catch you later. Right, so I went to see Mano de Lago at Southbank Centre London. <sighs> wow, what an amazing show. Okay, so to preface, I um I first met him at Rich Mix where I work. I was working on shift, I was in box office and I was helping out. So he came in as an artist and he was preparing to to do his set, to do his um yeah, to do his show. And I was in the main space, or the stage and bar, as it's now called. And, yeah, I was just, I, I think I was just being, like, super helpful because, yeah, he he was great. And when I saw him, I must have, I don't know, I must have done the research and to be like, okay, what's happening tonight? So I know what's happening, that kind of stuff. And I must have come across, and I can't remember now whether it was before or after I saw him live that I did that research but regardless I think I was working a mid-shift and I had yeah been very helpful helping him do stuff guest lists and all these kind of things that you're supposed to do which is your job and box office to be accommodating no so I was doing that and then after my shift I went to see him and oh my goodness I'd never heard of the hang and I, he's the only person I've seen do it and the best way I know to describe it the best way I think is clear to describe what this instrument looks like is an inside out or upside down steel drum and it makes the most beautiful sound so he's just tapping on it and it's beautiful it's ridiculously beautiful and it, I think it was like a lounge evening so it's proper chill there were sofas out, people on the floor, and it was just a great show. And the environment and the, the setting and the just the ambiance of that room when he was playing, and I think he was duetting with Christopher Auer, and um, yeah, so a saxophonist and um, sort of instrumentalist, and they were a duo playing this gig, and they were on the stage and everybody was there. Uh, everybody was silent you could hear a pin drop because it was that beautiful and that engaging my goodness and I was just like oh my goodness I was just like wow so ever since then and that was that was years ago I'm sure it can't have been 10 years definitely you know at the beginning of the time that I started working in Rich Mix I mean I started working there 2008 a long time so and you know it must have been that year or perhaps the year after and you know that's that's cool I mean that was years ago and he's come to London since and I, I went to see him at King's Place and I didn't get to see him actually I don't think I didn't get to meet him again so I mean 
it was years after when his album Bigger Than Home came out. My goodness, a beautiful album. Collaborations with singers, with um, different artists and stuff, and just a great album. And then, I don't know, over the years, I, I used some of his music to to dance to and to and in some of my solos and things because of the just the intricacy of the percussion and sort of the movements that I think I use it for marionette my my first solo and it was just the sort of yeah the really intricate sort of detail to the percussion and the drums that sort of coincided or sort of represented well or I think anyway um represented well with sort of the the spasms and the representation or the the physical aesthetic of what I was trying to get across so um for anyone who hasn't heard my podcast about my solo marionette it was about my story essentially just you know discovering MS you know what it looked like physically what it looked like aesthetically how it made me feel and the sort of the journey that took me through discovery, um, angst and worry and anger and then acceptance. So this is sort of like the arc of a lot of my solos, this kind of journey of progression from sort of, you know, this, the uh, you know, a, a difficult place and then, you know, getting to a place of acceptance kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, that's the dance that I've made over the you know the past couple of I suppose years in terms of the choreography that I've sort of focused on myself but you know I diverge let's go back to Manu so I went to see him at South Bank and this was this was Friday and I was there I was super excited I was like oh my gosh I'm just listening to all these tracks and reminding myself of how amazing his music is and he's he come with an ensemble so it's not just him on this amazing instrument and the drums but he's with a full i don't know 11 piece was it nine piece definitely more than two but um not more than 20 but you know that kind of thing where they're all playing their instruments and they're all in sync and what are the opening of the show what it was all dark so i had a bit of issue with the lift because I don't know, I think I'm a bit of a bad omen. You know, lifts and me, ironically, don't sit well together. And it's frustrating because it always happens. Anyway, um, so, you know, after all that nonsense, we got in, we're just in time. So then as soon as we, we find our seats, we settle, I get my, my pretzels out or whatever to, to chomp on as we start the show. The lights dim and then all of the musicians have lights on their head. I'm like, what the hell? And um, then they start moving. They're all in sync. They're all in sync with each other. And then they're all in sync with the light movement of which the directions of where their heads are pointing. So it's literally like a light show. And it's just, it's not like anything fancy. Like, um, I mean, I don't think. It, it just, it looked like, you know, those kind of um, miner's hats that you sort of have on your head when you're going into a dark place just to see and yeah so they all had these lights on and they're turning their heads and it's madness the synchronicity of the music the lights and the just everything it was just amazing to watch and to listen to and oh 
it was just beautiful and then and then it started simple and then obviously in the Mano de Lago sort of way of how his songs crescendo you know it's getting built up and built up and into this massive sort of this whole Queen Elizabeth Hall just filled with sound and it was amazing to be so immersed in that it was beautiful and I was like oh my goodness what and then I oh it was it was just so great and then you know, I, I literally my heart swelled and I and I don't even I don't know what it is it just it filled me with such greatness and happiness that I was just you know I you know my my, my smile went I don't know above my ears over the over my ears and tongue down to the floor just because I was so drawn in I was so engaged and it was and even just thinking about it my heart is racing you know and it's just this kind of movement and uh it was um circadian I believe it's called the the tour and they're touring now and they I think they had three straight weeks and they're going from here there and everywhere touring all over Europe at this 11 piece 12 piece band playing these amazing songs and the set that they did obviously they did a lot of sort of new new music that I haven't heard but they also played one of my favorite tracks almost 30 and he explained the inspiration behind it and it was so it's and he's he's like the most loveliest guy so he's just like I, I think he's Austrian but um but yeah definitely European of some sort and he when he prefaced the song, he was like, okay, so thanks for coming. And I'm just going to play like an old track from, you know, back in the day type stuff. And when he he wrote the song as he turned 30 and then and then prefaced it with something like, oh, yeah, so it's about cows and Europop. And like the audience sort of had like a quiet sort of a a wave of laughter before the lights went down again and you know, you know, and yeah, just started, and then it just, my heart, I was like, oh my gosh, I know the rhythms, I know the thing, and I could, and I mean, I, I love playing drums, I think I, I taught myself drums, as opposed to, you know, I had classes or anything, because it's rhythm, isn't it, and it's being able to, to hear when you, you know, you hit your snare, or you, you hit the hi-hat, how your, um, looking at the crashes and you know working it all in and I'm taken back to um house music my goodness um Sacred Heart of Mary house music so I don't know if you guys know about this sort of stuff but in the school we had different houses so you belonged to a house and um every other year so it was house music and house drama so it alternated so the house was generally Everybody was sort of not coerced into it, but you could audition and you could take part and participate in sort of house drama or music. And it was, yeah, I think so. There was one year where um, we didn't have a drummer for our house music. So I was just like, okay, let's do this. And I had no idea. I mean, whatever. I was just keeping a beat. And I can't remember. I think it must have been Build Me Up Buttercup. I think that's what we did and I was just like playing the drums and it was great it was just funny I think I don't know that might have been the same year that I auditioned for Shom Idol Sacred Heart of Mary Idol I think this is the whole 
<laughs> the whole, you know, like、uh, trying to make it fun and sort of taking into account popular culture. So bringing it into the school environment where it's accessible and everybody is, you know, they they get it basically, and it's it's a fun thing to do at school. So if you're doing it, you're auditioning and blah blah blah, going all through that. So I remember the first audition I did. <laughs> Hilarious.、Um, so I did. I sang a little bit, and it must have been. I think it was Mariah Carey.、Um, My all or something. And then I must have forgotten the lyrics, and then I swore quite loudly. And then it was like you know instant no. <laughs> I was like oh no. So then I auditioned again the following year or whatever, and I did、um, Alicia Keys.、Uh, If I ain't got you or something, um, no, no, no. How come you don't call me? And I think this was the first time anybody had seen me perform or sing like that. And I mean, this was when I was standing and I was able to dance, and then I got the crowd sort of like joining in and stuff. I have a video somewhere, but I remember Gabby Hilton. What up, Gabby? Um. Yeah, she filmed me. <laughs> like literally, she's holding the camera, and she's literally, she had she obviously she'd never seen me perform. So when she she giggled at the fact that I started to try and get the crowd in and like joining in, and I won. That was quite funny, and that's hilarious. So I don't know. Anyway, I diverge again. Sorry. So going back to Manu, Manu Delago, he's amazing. Amazing set. His amazing performance. I was just so blown away, and like I said, throughout the whole performance, my heart was just racing because I was I was enjoying it so much, and I love live music. I love live music that I can just and what it was is that he he started to explain how he came about, sort of creating this sound, and he said it was something about. Yeah, he said it was about sleep patterns, and sort of the waves and things like this. And I, I'm sure there was a、um, there is a term for it. And the guy, one of the guys, Gray Lapin,、um, at Gray Lapin on Insta, he、um, he was helping me out、um, at, at the end of the show, and he was like, "Yeah, I love it, all those sound waves, but it's about making me sleep." So I was a bit like confused because obviously. You know, it's not supposed to make me sleep, but I loved it because it was great. But anyway, so yeah, the whole sleep patterns and the the waves of the music and how the he created that sound genius. I feel just it was amazing to listen to. So when I when we finish now、um, with the lift situation, obviously. To try and get back up, and Gray Lapin was、uh, helping me to the thing, and we started talking. It's like, oh, have you heard of Auntie Angel? Because they're dancers. I must have said that I'm a dancer or something. And、um, he was like, oh yeah, Auntie Angel, Auntie Angel. And I was like, these chicks. Err. So my issue with Auntie Angel, I mean, nothing against, well. You know, I'm gonna stop myself there. I just, I have a feeling when, when I, when I first started dancing in a wheelchair, I wanted to know what it was like. I wanted to see if there's anyone else out there, and obviously the first go-to is YouTube. 
So I type in wheelchair hip hop, thinking that I'm going to see routine and, you know, sort of a horde of just like wheelchair users and banging out a routine and going five, six, seven, eight, bam. So <clears throat> Aussie Angel is the first thing that comes up because they named their video wheelchair hip hop. And, you know, have a look for yourself. And for me, over the 10 years that I've been studying dance or that I've been learning dance, I've seen true hip hop. And I've, se I've seen what hip hop looks like and what it's supposed to, I mean, like, as it's not supposed to look like, but if you've, if you've watched the film Rise or if you've seen sort of like New York, the, you know, where it came from, if you know anything about the history of hip hop and the culture and all this kind of stuff, there is so much more to the dance than just moves. And I feel like these chicks, they're doing great. Like, they look amazing. They're doing tricks and they're, you know, they're spinning and they're doing stuff and they're, they've got, like, arm movements and that's great. Synchronicity and exact precise movements to the music. But, and I don't know whether it's just because I'm looking at it and I'm not, I'm just not feeling it because I don't think that's hip-hop. And just because you dance to a hip-hop track doesn't make your dance hip-hop, Right? So I was just a bit like, oh man, these chi and so, you know, and then like, obviously we were just a bit, we were kind of bonding over the fact that, you know, yeah, um, apparently they're on some reality TV show now and I don't know. So <laughs> we had a bit of a giggle and obviously I had a selfie with him and added him on Insta and all this kind of stuff, which is cool. So now, now um, I am quite like I I wanted to meet Manu just to be like dude you are amazing what you did tonight was amazing so yeah we went to the the merch stand where he was selling his CDs and he was selling some merch and I didn't realize it was cash only so there was me waiting in the queue people were barging in front of me yeah no it's cool it's cool whatever and you know some people were nice enough to be like do you want to go first like, sure I was here but yeah sure um, so I was like, no, go ahead, whatever. I'm happy to wait. I had like almost 30 playing in my ear because it was just, oh, to hear it live was something so special. Anyway, um, so he clocks me now and he's like, hey. And I'm like, hey, I don't know if you remember me. And he was like, yeah, Rich Mix, right? And I'm like, oh my God, this guy has remembered me for how, however many years it's been it's crazy and I was just like oh my goodness yeah it's so great and Octavia who I was with she questioned him about the the you know the sleep sounds and all this kind of stuff and I was like thank you so much um I want to get a cd and I thought like queuing was to get the cd but actually the line I was in apparently which was not really a line it was just a a mass of people and I happened to get to the front um yeah so it wasn't that he wasn't he was just talking to people and I was just like oh yeah I did want to get a CD if that's okay so he passed me one over and he was like oh yeah I'm gonna pay by card and I said oh no um it's only cash I said oh shit what am I gonna do so <laughs> I sent my friend over to be like oh to the to the Yasha who's sort of managing the sales what's going on can I pay by card can I um is there some way that I can get cash and just come back She's like, oh no, it's, it is really, you just need to pay cash, I'm afraid. I was like, oh man, 
so I say this to him and he um he's like oh yeah and she's like oh yeah you can go to the website and buy it online I was like oh okay let me I'll give it back and I'll buy it online he said no let's take it what I said oh my gosh so I got a CD and basically I I wanted to thank him I don't I can't remember now whether I did this before or after but um, obviously we took a selfie and um I wanted to give him one of my Finding My Strength song wristbands. So, um, just because it means so much to me that, you know, he's made music and I'm able to listen to it and I've met him again and it's, it was just beautiful. So, um, I wanted to give him this wristband. So I was waiting a while while he took pictures and signed for other people and I managed to get it to him. I was like, oh yeah, here, I just wanted to give you this as a present. And then he wore it and he was wearing it. And I don't know, oh, just, it did make my heart swell. I was just a bit like, thank you so much. And it's just that appreciation. It's this artist supporting artists. I mean, I spoke about this hashtag. I've spoken about it before and I'll continue to talk about it and rave on about it. But it is that, just artists supporting artists. And it doesn't have to be just, you know what I mean? It's just people supporting art because it does so much for people and for me like literally the whole swelling heart cheesiness it just it made me feel so good as in it was just this is what music does for me as in good music whatever (laughs) you know and like mad music also gets me irate which is another thing you know it's just it's emotional and you know when you hear certain songs you connect to certain things or certain people or an experience you had or a place and it's such a potent memory that you can literally when you hear something and you visualize where you were or who you were with or a time in your life and that's you know that's so priceless you know because that's your memory and you know I, I do I think about you know getting older and imagining what I mean, I, as in, I, I say I want, I feel sorry, but I just, uh, yeah, I mean, it breaks my heart a little to think that people with, you know, conditions that, of memory loss and stuff like this, that they forget who they are, they forget their memories, so they forget music, but I'm sure that there's some sort of research that says that music is more lasting in memory, so, you know, when you hear a song, it'll make you feel better, but you don't know why because the memory's there but it's been lost or it's been you know distorted or something but okay so sorry about that that was my that's my pseudoscience but I you know that's got to be true right (laughs) anyway um so yeah and I just came away from South Bank Centre like I feel so privileged I feel so privileged to have seen him again to have listened to his music and to have just met him because he's such a nice guy such a nice guy literally at the end of his performance he was like yeah i'm gonna be in the foyer on the on the the merch stand so you can come and talk to me about your sleep patterns and stuff i don't know there must have been like 2000 i don't know maybe 2000 200 something you know a lot of people basically came so to say that at the end of your performance you know you could expect everyone to come and talk to you so to, to be open to do that is mad and to be fair I have a feeling that's something I would say at the end of a performance but uh yeah enough about me 
So we leave now and we're just South Bank, South Bank, London. South Bank, London is one of my favourite places in the world. And it's because of all my memories there, you know, doing, I, I danced U Nations, um, I can't remember now. I don't remember what it was called, but it was just the choreography that we did. It was like mass choreography and I was like the only wheelchair user. And then I was doing some sort of, I can't remember now, it was like a, a video, to, to, tutorial video for it. And then we were just doing it to JK's, um, uh, Jamiroquai even. And I can't remember now what the song was, but it was 2009 with Zoo Nation. And it was this en masse sort of pop-up dance thing. And it was great. So that always, that's always a great memory. Of South Bank. And just generally... You know, the, the buskers and... Sorry guys, um, my drink water alarm went off and that stopped the recording. So, just to explain that one. Not that needs explaining, but, you know, we, we don't drink enough water. You know, it's just, especially when we work or we're doing stuff, we forget to drink water. And it's, it's one of these things, water is like a life force, right? And it... We're like 60% water or something. And we just need to refill and to top up. So, you know, I think a lot of my health problems have been, you know, literally washed away because I drink more water. So I've set myself an alarm for every hour on the hour so I can drink water. So, yeah, my bad. <laughs> so that just um, that cut my segments a bit short. But... um. <laughs> Going back to South Bank and yeah, just leaving and being like South Bank is one of my favourite places in London. Just because of the scenery, the lights, the the obviously it's quite a tourist attraction and then the memories that I've had at South Bank, performing there, um, just hanging out there and then I don't know if you've been to South Bank and then there's that lower Royal Festival Hall cloakroom area where you always see dancers just rehearsing. And I think there was a time when, you know, you weren't allowed to do that. Or I think, I don't know, there was, I don't know if it was Sean Graham, but definitely there was a bunch of artists who said, it's a great space and we should have a schedule because obviously people can come and go and stuff. And then I think there was an agreement with South Bank Centre and the artists or artists to say okay we're gonna put out a a monthly schedule of when you can use it and then when they need to be silent rehearsals when you can be there blah 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 and so now it's just a great space to to rehearse in and people jam there people dance people train people create choreography and it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool space so there's all of this and the fact that it is super accessible you know, 10 for 10 in my book. It's just a great, great space. I mean, that that's just the South Bank Centre itself. But the whole area South Bank is just beautiful, especially at Christmas, when the Christmas um, market pops up. And it's not as big as the one in Hyde Park, but it's that kind of Christmas market. You get the the sort of European meats and the churros and the you know, the mulled wine and stuff like this that comes out and you walk along there and it smells amazing. 
but it's super expensive whatever but it's nice and then all the blue lights that sort of are put up for Christmas and I think they're still there you know and um, they're just all year round now but I mean they put extra lights up and it's just a little bit magical because it's by the water with the backdrop of Big Ben, Houses of Parliament and the London Eye and it's just beautiful and uh, like I say one of my favourite places in London. So we're walking away from um, Royal Festival Hall and there's a ramp that goes down towards the London Eye. So going back, we're, we're, you know, I'm rolling and walking along beside me, just about to go down this ramp and there's like a little, there's like a little bar set up and there was this bunch of guys who just started being like, oh, she come dance with us, you remember this song, da da da. And like I say, and then it was, um, it was MIA, Paper Planes. And of course I knew this song. It was Slumdog Millionaire soundtrack. I fly like paper, getting high like planes. And you know, and it was, yeah. And then so I started singing along and it was like, yes. And obviously this guy was a little bit pissed, I would have thought. And him and his friends, after sort of a a little sing-song, we sort of introduced each other. His name was Ed. His friends, Danny, um, Ashley, can't remember the other one, but you know they were they're all a bit pissed. So, and then other sort of nineties tracks came on like Backstreet Boys and I don't know. So they were all like, yeah, boy. So it was quite funny because then he was like, oh, babe, let me buy you a drink. Da, da, da. I was like, you know, I was at this whole. I'm still rolling with this yes and, and it's just gonna be a. you know just going to be a way of life for now just because it opens up possibilities no so yes ironically and so I said yeah sure what do you want um sure I'll take a drink and I'll have a Long Island iced tea so you know he bought me a drink and I was like let me pay for it and he's like no no no, it's on me darling all right cool so we start talking now and he's like oh yeah, so what is this about? Are you guys just hanging out? Are you do you work here? Do you live in London? Is that yeah, we live in London. We lived in London and we had moved over to Perth. It's like what Perth, Australia? Is it? Yeah. And then we came back because I missed it too much. Da, 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 da. And it was just it was just a bit of a funny encounter. It was just because these guys seemed really lovely. And then I don't know what it was. <laughs> um the discussion that they roped us into was something about clippers or scissors to trim um, the hair around your bollocks and I was just a bit like why are we talking about and like they were all in hysterics because this guy was just like I've only ever used scissors to trim and yeah and nick myself sometimes but you know clippers that's scary right so I was like dude man you've got a pair of scissors could you probably like chop your ting off like why would you do that clippers are more controlled and he was like (laughs) and then Ock was just like well doesn't matter does it I was just like but dude scissors sharp tings like snip yeah so I was just a bit like dude man really so it was it was just quite a funny encounter and like all of his friends started laughing at him and just having a bit of a giggle and then I heard a baby crying in the background and he was just very moody and I was like you know I had all my merch on me and I was like 
okay, because one thing I sell, as part of my merchandise plug, um, is bubbles, because I love bubbles, and I'm such a kid. And it stems from when Charlene Lowe, my artistic director of Sardine's Dance Collective, invited me to her house to play with bubbles. My life changed. I now love bubbles, and regardless, and like every time, yeah, it's not every time I go to Poundland or go to a shop or, you know, I, I buy bubbles. So basically I've accumulated a lot of bottles of bubbles, but I don't buy any more because I have too many. So I need to get rid of all the whatever. So basically... I love bubbles, so what I do, I'm doing with my brand through Lordy Dancers, I'm selling my bubbles. I'm selling bubbles, and it's like I don't know, it's one t- one pound ten for a canister of bubbles. I say canister, it's like a tiny thing of bubbles, but you can refill it, so you keep it and you refill it. And if you're around me and you're using them, I'll refill it for you because I've got spare bubbles. No, so I went up to this kid and I was like. Do you, I'm really, I don't know, I felt like I wanted to give you something. So I was like, do you want some bubbles? And um, so his mom was like, oh, wow, that's really kind. Look, it's bubbles. And they started, she started blowing, or I started blowing them. And he was, he literally instantly stopped crying. The smile on his face, it was beautiful. And he was just super enchanted by these bubbles. As, you know, as am I usually when I see bubbles and when I when I blow bubbles, it's this type of it's a type of therapy for me that it's super relaxing, and you know there's something always really magical about bubbles, you know. Anyway, so I had um had given him this thing, and he was getting super distracted, and his mom had put him put them away, or she was holding them, and he was like crying, like wanting to grab them and stuff, and I was like, well, here's one I have earlier, so you know that kind of thing. I I have a. So I have bu- big bubbles that I bring with me everywhere and I started blowing them and they're huge. And because it was raining, when they settled on the ground, they stayed there for a little because of the, the water. So they, they maintained their shape for like a good 20 seconds or something. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So Octavia was talking to the Australian guys or the, you know, London Australian guys. And I was, you know, being... You know, I was hanging out with this little American family, this military, I think they're both in the military, they're both the mom and dad, come over for a week on holiday. It's like, what? They were like, yeah, American holidays. They're just a week, you know? I was like, okay, cool, cool. It's like, you Brits, you go on holiday and it's like a month or something? But yeah, we do American style, just a week or something. I think he was from California and she was from the South. I want to say South because I don't know exactly where she's from again. But Ashley, Ashley, because Ashley, yeah, Ashley and Matt and baby Elijah. Oh, what a cute little family. And we just started hanging out. And after the Australian guys, the London Australian guys left, we were just chilling with these guys talking about sort of the type of music like reggae and um, just life and just living in the UK, being in the military, you know, accents, (laughs) and, you know, Matt would try an accent, and his wife, Ashley, would just be like, nope, (laughs) like, really disapprovingly, like, nope, not great, Matt, but obviously, he had lived, well, not obviously, but he he told us that he had lived in the UK for a time, because the base was somewhere around, and he always used to be around South Bank, so, yeah, South Bank is a place to bring people together, you know, and it was it was really beautiful. Like we literally went down the ramp together 
and we said goodbye and it was just I mean I, I, I tend to sort of take selfies with everyone just Facebook one more time Facebook yeah so I don't know that's a that's not great <laughs> for anyone I mean social media is a crazy one because nowadays I use it mostly for marketing and just you know telling people about stuff and you know the occasional stalk a little I guess just to you know see what someone's up to and it's ridiculously easy to try and find someone via Facebook if they've got an account so that's super scary so I mean I remember Black Mirror they had an episode of kind of like social media stuff and your likes or your you know it it accounted to your your position in the world so if you had so many likes you were doing great and if you didn't have any likes you were doing crap and then you weren't successful and all this kind of stuff and it's do you know what I mean like Charlie Brooker my goodness you know the technology of the future and what you are showing us in Black Mirror mate kudos (laughs) just because it's it's crazy intense but it could happen and that's what's scary about it because it could happen but yeah I mean anyway I diverge I don't even know what I was talking about I think I was talking about like Facebook it stemmed from my parents it stemmed from taking photos because I take photos of everyone and selfies of everything and again you know people take pictures of their food and all this kind of stuff and it's food porn and all this kind of stuff and I'm gonna post it on Facebook and this is what I had today again I literally want to remember what I ate yesterday just so that I can know what I ate or just you know if I want to lose weight not that it's a big issue if I wanted to I do want to lose weight but it's more for health reasons I want to be able to lift myself I'm just I think I'm just a bit too heavy for my own good and there's, there's a little pot belly going on right here. So, you know, if I could shave that off, that'd be amazing. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously it comes with good healthy eating diets and, you know, exercise and a balanced way of living. And eating good food. Or everything in moderation. So, all of that jazz is cool. Anyway, this is the end of this segment. Thanks for listening, guys. So, if you can follow me on um yeah you can follow me on facebook and instagram at laura d dancers um they're my professional pages but um if you want to sort of have me as a friend you can add me on facebook on um so it's it's laura d l-a-u-r-a-d space ahow a-j-a-o that's me on facebook and then i also have a funding fundraising page it's um at Laura D Fundraising, both on Facebook and Instagram. And on Facebook, it's the Finding My Strength sort of page. So it talks about the song and it also talks about the other fundraising ventures that I have. And same with the Instagram. I post quite a lot, just updating people about sort of their sales. So plug. Because it's it's not, understand, it's not a aesthetic thing for me I don't actually like the way I look and that's okay I mean like it's not something that bothers me I'm just you know I don't consider myself pretty or whatever so I'm just like I am it is what it is and I am what I am I just I take photos for memories literally you know people coin me selfie queen or this jazz but 
screw you. No, no, I'm joking. No, it's not about that. It's just about because my memory sucks, like, especially with my my MS. I mean, I'd like to think my memory's great, but you know, I can't remember what I did yesterday. Do you know what I mean? So if I have a picture of it, I'm like, cool. I remember that moment because I met that 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 guy, and it made me feel this 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 way. So it's nice to sort of collect photos and. Now my phone has got like huge memory, and I and that's deliberate because I take so many photos, intentional photos. My mother, love you, mom. I swear, and my dad, I swear, literally just take pictures of everything, and they literally rack up their storage. It's crazy how many photos they have. They have more than I do. And that's crazy. I mean, I take a lot of photos. Imagine how many photos I take. And all of mine are intentional. Some of theirs are, like, the same thing, like, from five different angles. But do you know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. So, but it is quite funny. I just, you know, we got them, like, my brother and I, we got them Apple products, so iPad and iPhone. So we got those things for them for Christmas, birthdays, whatever. (laughs) Which, I don't want to say I regret, but, um... It introduced them to Facebook. And I have merchandise. I literally today, today, have bought more straws. So they are on their way, guys. So if you're wanting to place an order, um, keep an eye on the website because it's a coming soon. So these are metal straws, metallic set straw sets. And um, there's three straws, a bench straw, a straight straw, a cocktail straw, so a short one, itty bitty one, and a brush. And it comes in a black pouch, so you can carry them anywhere, stick them in your bag, so you don't have to use those paper straws that literally disintegrate in your mouth as soon as you use them, which are pretty gross. Great for the environment, I guess, because it's recyclable, blah, 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 or disintegratable, you know, biodegradable, that's disintegratable, biodegradable, but kind of gross to use. So if you're interested, buy a metal set metal straw set even because as part of the Laura D Dancers brand 25% of the sale the sale itself not the postage and packaging so the sale so they are 1250 each and depending on where you are in the world the postage and packaging is different so yeah so they're 1250 each and it comes with three straws and a brush and in a pouch with the Laura D Dancers brand and on each straw it says Laura D dances and my motto anyone can dance because I truly believe it and I think it's you know everyone says that but it's anyone can dance it just means that whatever you feel and you don't have to look pretty doing it everyone can dance and it's about how it makes you feel and if it makes you feel fabulous and like you're on top of the world then that's the greatest feeling no anyway so Anyone can dance. Lordy dances. The straws are a coming. So keep an eye on the website, guys. And what I will be doing is that I'll be adding the rest of my merchandise on there. So hoodies, t-shirts, and stuff like this. And I'll be making another order and stuff like this. So keep an eye on the website. So there is the web store on my web on my on my website, and it's just in the merchandise. So I think it goes through PayPal, but it does. Yeah. So if you If you do buy something, holler at me and I'll get it sent out to you. And yeah, I think in my terms and conditions, you'll find this on your invoice, is that you have to, you have to, oh, there aren't any refunds, first of all. 
and you have to take a selfie or make a short video of you using the product and then posting and tagging Laurie Dancers and Laurie Fundraising. So yeah, those are my terms and conditions. At all protected. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so um, yeah, hit me up. Um, yeah, Laurie Dancers, Laurie Fundraising, and this is the end of the segment. Until next week. Bye, guys.